Well, thank you for joining us once again as we continue our look through the Bible this year together. And I hope that you've enjoyed the reading. I know we've been into Leviticus and now getting into Numbers this week. And those things can seem to get a little bit tedious, but I just hope that as you continue to read through those and continue to allow God's Word to work in your heart, that you will see that He has something to teach you, even in those passages that might seem monotonous. And He has brought some things to my attention. I'm in Leviticus and I'm into Numbers this week as well. I'd like to share a little bit of with you and also finishing up the book of Hebrews and want to spend most of our time in Hebrews 10 there. Um, We're on week 9 this week, so we're looking at Leviticus 24 um, through the end of that book and then Numbers 1 through 7 and then finishing up the book of Hebrews with Hebrews 9 through 13. There were a couple of Psalms in there as well. And I just really hope, I hope that as you continue to read and study and allow God's Word to work in your life that you Um, are seeing so much benefit from that, that God is showing himself to you in fresh ways and that you are seeing him in passages of scripture that uh, maybe you've never seen him in before or you've understood in a way that um, that you're understanding in a way that you've never understood them before. So as always, I just want to invite you to open up your Bibles as we look through a little bit of this together and wish we had more time to go through some of these passages, but It is a blessing to be able just to highlight a few things as we continue on through the book um, together this year. So I want to draw your attention to um, the end of the book of Leviticus. And just want to kind of lump that together, this passage that we read there. And starting in Leviticus 24 and then on through 26 and 27. And it was just such a blessing for me to see how Leviticus all kind of fit together. I kind of sat down at the end of this week, and I just read read through again the book of Leviticus, and I didn't do that just to be an overachiever. I've never sat and just read the book of Leviticus in one setting, so I wanted to do that and just see how the entire thing fit together and how it worked and um, the things that, that, that um, as you look through a, a bigger picture of Scripture, those things that you see how they laid out together and how... And how they work. And so as we um, get into that, I just want to to encourage you once again to to look at Scripture in context with Scripture. You know, we can pull out a passage and we can learn from that and we can obviously um, apply those things to our lives. But there is a lot of value in sitting down and looking at the bigger picture of what Scripture has to say. I want to draw your attention to the focus of the end of Leviticus here, and actually that focus is rest. And as you think through the book of Leviticus, that might not be a word that comes to your mind. There are a lot of different uh, regulations in there. There are different offerings and how the priest should approach the people. But really, I think that that is all about rest because it is All those things are set out so that we may approach the Lord and that we may know him. And as we get into the end of the book here, we see that there are some real strict regulations for Sabbath rest and for a Sabbath year here in Leviticus 25. And it's just something that I think we miss so much is that there was so much time of rest, time of trusting God and waiting on him built into the the culture 
of the Jewish people and built into the religion of the Jewish people and how they approach the Lord that we miss. And here we, we see in Leviticus 25 that the Lord commands the people to, for six years, this is verse 3, for six years you shall sow your field, and for six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its fruits, but in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyards. You shall not reap what grows of itself. I'm sorry. And you shall not reap what grows of itself in your harvest or gather the grapes of your undressed vine. It shall be a year of solemn rest for the land. Then the Sabbath of the land shall provide food for you, for yourself and for your male and female servants and for your hired worker and sojourners who lives with you and for your cattle and for the wild animals that are in your land, all its yield shall be for food. You know, as we as we picture what's happening here, I think it's difficult for us. Maybe it's easy for us in our um, easier for us in our cultural context, and that we're surrounded by much farmland. But think about the fact that Israel was a mostly agrarian society. Most of the people were engaged in farming or raising livestock as a means to support themselves and to provide for their families. And we get the command here that God says, you should for six years work hard and you should for six years um, treat the land and treat the animals that I have given you in a way that shows that you know me and that you honor me. But on that seventh year, I don't want you to do that. I want you to stop and I want you to trust that I'm going to provide for you in that sixth year, and then I'm going to provide for you in that seventh year of rest, that you may have the food that comes from the land, even though you did not grow it, even though you did not earn it, you might say. And so in a completely agrarian society, when all farming ceases in the seventh year, most of the people also rest. I've just been really struck by the fact that we're not very good at resting. We're not good at stopping and just looking at what God has done and what he wants to do in us and that we we need that time of rest. We need that time of of pulling away from the ordinary duties and the things that we do on a regular basis so that we could see what God is doing. And we we see some of that in the festivals um, that would have come in the previous chapters here in the book of Leviticus, that God built it into their yearly schedule that they would have times where they stopped doing what they were doing on a normal basis, and the people of Israel would rest. You know, it says several times there through chapters 22 and 23 and 24 um, that you should not do anything you normally do. You should take a rest here, and you should remember what God has done. That, that's a good word for us, guys. And missing the Sabbath is one of those things that we are really good at kind of explaining away. Well, that was a different culture, and that was a different time, and now we live under the New Covenant in the New Testament. And just because we do that doesn't mean that we are any less created in the image of God. God himself, when he created the world and the universe and the heavens and the earth and everything in it, he, he rested. And us, as his image bearers, he also has in mind that we should rest. And that's the heart behind the Sabbath. And we so quickly get that mixed up in our lives. Now, 
please don't hear what I'm not saying. I, I am not good at this. <laughs> I am not good at stopping and taking a rest and trusting that God is going to care for me. But I'm trying to be better and I'm trying to work. Um, there you go. I'm trying to work at making that happen in my life. But in order for us to rest and rest well, we really do have to be intentional. And as we look through the book of Leviticus, I think that's what we see. That all of these things happen in a specific way and at a specific time. All the offerings and the sacrifices and the festivals, all of those happen so that we could truly rest in knowing the Lord and knowing who he is. And as you go in then to Leviticus 26, you see that God promises blessings for those who would be obedient to him. And he promises punishment for those who would be disobedient to him. He shows that he is faithful, and he shows that he is the one who's going to keep his word. And so as I finished up the book of Leviticus, I was just struck again by how much rest was really built into all those different regulations in that book. And so I'm going to attempt this year to do a better job of practicing some Sabbath rest and taking some time. Um, to, to recharge and to, to trust the Lord and recognize that he is going to care for me. Um, I'd like to wrap up our time here today by looking over to the New Testament, some of our reading in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 10. And the end of Hebrews chapter 10 just really struck me um, as where we're at in, in our society and where we're at as, as a church. And I just want to share that with you. This is Hebrews 10, chapter, chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. And it says, But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, so after you came to know Christ, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being exposed um, to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have a need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. You know, as we, as we witness the, the change in our culture from one that was a Christianized nation, I'm not saying that America is a Christian nation, but we definitely were a Christianized culture to more of a secular culture and one that is focused on um, not even just um, not even just saying you know I'm okay with you being um, focused on God and me not but actually being opposed to God you know that's where our, our nation is heading and our culture is heading it's easy for us to get discouraged and it's easy for us to think, that something bad is happening to us that has not happened to other people. And as we look at the book of Hebrews here, the writer of that book is just reminding the recipients of this letter that, you know, when you turned to Christ, you faced some struggles. 
And sometimes you were publicly exposed to reproach and you were publicly afflicted because of your faith in Jesus Christ. But it didn't matter to you. It didn't matter at that point because you recognize that your your inheritance was an eternal one. Your inheritance has much more reward than the things we have here on this earth. It's just really easy for us as we continue in our faith to kind of get lazy and to kind of get comfortable and to forget those times when we came to new Christ and the only thing that mattered to us was knowing Christ. It didn't matter what other people thought or what other people did or what other people said or what happened to the property that the Lord has given us. No, the only thing that mattered was knowing Christ. As we continue in our faith, we, we get comfortable and we lose sight of that thing. And you know what? We are humans. We are sinful people. We are surrounded by a world full of pleasure, which the Lord has given to us and has given to us for our good. And it's just really easy for us to lose sight of who he is. I just want to encourage you that as we possibly face harder times in coming days where it's not going to be as comfortable or as popular to be a Christian that you need to remember that your inheritance is an eternal one. That your confidence comes from knowing Jesus Christ, and that is a great reward. And I just want to encourage you to commit those verses, 39 there, verse 39, to, to memory, and, and to be of those people that are faithful. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. I mean, that's a decision you have to make. And that is something that you have to choose for yourself, that you are going to say, I am placing my faith and my hope and my trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ and what he has done for me. And I'm not placing my hope in the things of this world. I'm not placing my hope in the comforts that have been afforded to me in our culture. I'm not placing my hope in my religious freedom, my right to assemble as a church, we can we can quickly place our hope in those things. And instead, we need to place our faith in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the one who has called us out and he has preserved us and he, he will give us that internal inheritance. You know, as you think about resting in the Lord and trusting in him, I think that that makes that life of faith a little bit easier because we recognize that we're going to face struggle, we're going to face toil, we're going to face hardship when we can trust him and we can see that he is going to continue to provide for us and that the inheritance that he promises is a much greater reward than the things that we have on this earth. Then, then it's easier for us to live that life of faith, and to truly rest in him. Well, thank you again for joining with us. I hope that you've been encouraged by God's word today. just want to encourage you to keep going as we get into the book of Numbers and then into Deuteronomy. I know those can be, again, hard books to, to sit down and to, to read. just want to encourage you that God has something special for you to learn in those passages as you read them right now. So stick with it and plan to join us back next week as we continue our walk through the Bible together. Have a great day.